It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Cincinnati Reds avoided a sweep. The win total is on the rise, and it's only April 10th. Buckle up, because there is a lot to talk about on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for making Locked On Reds part of your day. Thanks for listening to us talk some Reds with you. We encourage you, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter or check us out on YouTube and drop a thought in our comments section. Talking Reds is what we do, and we want to talk Reds with you here on Lockdown Reds, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. And on today's podcast, we are going to talk about the weekend that was in Philadelphia for the Reds and why I'm kind of happy with how everything went down. I think it met my expectations and we'll get Steve's expectations and his thoughts on the weekend as well. By the way, something that Steve got right, we'll get to that here in just a moment. And help is on. The way. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about today's title sponsor, and that is the Ultimate GM app. Head on over to probaseballgm.com or check it out in the App Store. Or if you're watching here on YouTube, click or scan that QR code and download the Ultimate Baseball GM app today. Become your own general manager. That's Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. And Steve, where we want to start, and, and, and by the way, before we jump into it too, I want to ask everybody, jump in the comment section, tell me your thoughts about this series, because I'm pretty happy with it, and we're going to get into why I'm happy with this series after we talk about your dub. Oh my goodness. Listen, you told me this, and I'm going to claim it. You texted this to me, that I am now the shadow manager of the Cincinnati Reds. And at the very least, I am clearly the shadow pitching coach because yes. we spent a whole segment talking about what I wanted to do with this pitching staff last week. And the Reds did it. It confirms a few things for me. I was definitely on the right track. I definitely had a good read on the situation. And clearly Nick Craw watches this show because I said the best thing the Reds could do for this bullpen was to break up the big three and shuffle the rotation taking advantage of the back-to-back -back cancellations due to weather and put things in such a way that Luis Castillo and Connor Overton did not follow each other, take the pressure off of the bullpen. And then the very next day, Jeff, lo and behold, the Cincinnati Reds shuffled the rotation, breaking up Sessa and Overton, and I may have said Castillo just a second ago because I am fired up, but I meant <laughs> Luis Sessa. If I said Castillo, I'm sorry. He's behind me. He's back there. Yeah, you can see him is. over my shoulder. He's watching. He's always 
watching. But I had it right, Jeff. They broke it up. Uh, they didn't do it quite the way that I described in really breaking up the big three. They left uh, Green and Lodolo in place, but they moved Graham Ashcraft between Connor Overton and Luis Sessa in order to protect this bullpen. It was the right move at the right time, taking advantage of uh, what the weather gods had dealt them. And I'm really glad to see them do it because in the long run, at least until somebody else comes up here and takes a spot in this rotation, it's going to help this bullpen. Yeah, and if you were going to tell me the one game that the Reds would win in this Philly series, I would have definitely not picked a game that Connor Overton started. But that's the game that they won. We're going to get into the grittiness of the lineup and everything that they were able to do on Sunday here in a few minutes. But the way that Overton pitched, they continue to only let him pitch twice through the lineup, and then they pull him. I mean, it was right away. Like, whenever he walked the first batter there in the fifth inning, they didn't even let him go. He'd only thrown 65 pitches at that point, so it wasn't a pitch count thing. It wasn't an overtaxing thing because he had been – Although he'd given up runs, he had sort of been pretty efficient to that point. Uh, as far as the pitch count goes, it was literally just a second time through the order thing. They didn't want him to pitch three times through the order. Now they got great play from their bullpen. Amazing pitching from Fernando Cruz and Kevin Herget. If you, if you have those guys on your bingo card, congratulations. I don't think a lot of people did. Uh, but great performances from both those guys and then Ian Jabot with the save. But overall, the way that this team pitched... It wasn't near as good as what they saw on Saturday, the game that they actually lost. But that was the best start of his career for Nick Lodolo on Saturday. And I think that that is why the win on Sunday and my overall feeling for the series is so good because when you lose a game like you lost on Saturday from Nick Lodolo's performance, you have a tendency to start to build on that and it turns into a losing streak and they were able to avoid that. Let's yeah, and I want to let's let's start with the positive of this. And I know this is normally your job, so hopefully I do some justice <laughs> to this. But I want to oh, be positive there, for yeah. just a minute because listen, uh, you know, you and I did a guest spot on another show over the weekend, and I said this there, and I'm going to say it again. Nick Lodolo is the best pitcher on this staff. Nick Lodolo is the ace of the Reds rotation. And now I understand why he wasn't slotted in number one. Uh, Hunter green is great at a lot of things that Nick Lodolo is not. Hunter green is very engaging when he deals with the media. He's very engaging when he deals with the fans. And I understand why the Reds put him right out front and center. When this season started, I get it. I'm not upset about it. I'm not uh, you know, angry about it, but He's not the best pitcher in this rotation. Nick Lodolo was the best pitcher on this team last year. He was the best starting pitcher on this team last year. And right now, this minute, as of April 10th, he is the best starting pitcher on this team. He goes out and throws seven innings, striking out 12. He had guys falling down trying to hit the ball. <laughs> he had guys swinging at pitches that hit them. I said that correctly. They were swinging at pitches that ended up hitting that back foot slider was working so good that the opposing players had absolutely no clue what to do with it. He made the Philadelphia Phillies lineup look foolish. They looked terrible. Nick Lodolo pitched a gem. Uh, I know you're going to talk about game score here in a minute, but I want to talk about war because you know, this is the one that I like uh, through two starts this season. He's putting up 0.4 war. Per start, let's project that out 
30 starts for the Cincinnati Reds in 2023, Nick Lodolo is on pace for a 12-war season as of right now, this minute, Jeff. Go get that future for NL Cy Young for Nick Lodolo. That's what Steve's saying right here. And, hey, if that's what happens, holy cow, we're talking about the over for sure. We might be talking about that 75 to 80 win range if Nick Lodolo is going to pitch that well. Now, you know, some things are going to happen. He's going to have bad outings. Everybody has bad outings. Max Scherzer has bad outings. And if Max Scherzer can have a bad outing, Nick Lodolo can have a bad outing. But, yeah. I want to talk about game score for just a minute. This isn't really a stat that I love to use, but it's a stat that I start my understanding with for an outing because they they weight certain events throughout the game and they give a pitcher a composite score. And it's, it's a starting pitcher that they'll give the game score to. And he got an 81 game score. That's far and away better. I think his best start to, you know, in his first year of his career was 73. So it's just a, it's a starting point of being like, okay, well, how good was that start according to some different weights and stuff like that? 81. That's a fantastic start for Nick Lodolo. And, you you know, everybody looks at Saturday's game and, and, and I definitely want to dive into Sunday's game here in just a moment. But when we look at Saturday's game, we know that Alexis Diaz ends up blowing the save and he was asked to throw, you know, get six outs. He was asked to throw two innings in that outing and he hadn't pitched for a while. It was just his third outing of the season because they're doing the thing that we don't want them to do. And they're saving him for save opportunities. That's it's no longer, we, we haven't seen him come in in like the big moments earlier on in the games or like seventh inning, eighth inning, something like that. It's been save opportunities. And that's when he's pitching. I don't know that I love that thing, but overall, that's not something that I blame David, Bell. there were too many people were trying to blame David bell for that Saturday loss. And if Alexis Diaz is blowing a save, you tell me who David Bell's supposed to go to in that bullpen. No, absolutely. Listen, Alexis Diaz was asked to go get six outs. He hadn't pitched in three days because of the rain cancellations. Three days. So they asked him to go out there and get six outs. And he cruised in the eighth inning. Uh, This is exactly what David Bell should have done. Listen, if you're one of the people that are hating on David Bell and saying that he managed that wrong and it's David Bell's fault that they lost the game, I want you in the comment sections right now. I want you to to tweet at me on Twitter. I want you to tell me what you would have done differently, who you would have used and explain your rationale to me. There was nobody in the bullpen better suited for that situation than a completely rested Alexis Diaz to get six outs. Uh, That was the absolute right decision from David Bell in that moment. 100% of managers make that call. So if you're mad at David Bell, you're mad at every manager in baseball, you know, Steve, you know, it sure felt like the Reds should have won on Saturday, but it also sure felt like they should have lost on Sunday and they didn't because of the lineup, which we'll talk about here in a moment. Yeah, that lineup is scrappy. Uh, it scores a bunches of runs right when they need them and uh, they score them right when they need to. But there is an important number that they need to hit in order to put the team in a position to win. We're going to tell you what that is coming up next. But before I get into that, I want to tell you about the sponsor of today's podcast, Ultimate GM. Uh, We're really excited about our new partner and sponsorship from Ultimate GM. It's the game that puts a major league front office in your pocket. 
uh, and on the go. It's free to download from the App Store and Google Play. You can take a franchise from the bottom to the top of the league as you play Ultimate GM on the go with no internet connection needed. You can play uh, when you want. You can play uh, as you want. You control everything. You control from player trades to contract signings to ticket prices to team facilities. Check out one of the most realistic baseball simulations right now on your mobile device. Download Ultimate GM Baseball on the App Store or Google Play Store today. Locked on Reds listeners are going to get a 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure you check it out. Check out Pro Baseball gm.com or you can scan the qr code if you're on youtube right down there in the corner of the screen uh to get your download today uh, that's probaseballgm.com ultimate baseball gm will let you start your dynasty today Today's podcast is also brought to you by a brand new sponsor. We're so excited to have them on board, Rocket Money. Do you know how much your subscriptions each month really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them. Like the Stars app, just to watch one show and you took advantage of their free trial and then the free trial came to an end and you're still paying without using it. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions uh, for you and for any that you don't want to pay anymore, you just hit the cancel button and Rocket Money will cancel it for you right then and there. It's that easy. Rocket Money also helps you manage all of your finances in one place and automatically categorizes all of your expenses. So you can easily track your budget in real time and also get alerted if anything looks off. There are over 3 million people that have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. Uh, you can head to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB right now. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB to download and start using Rocket Money to save you money today. All right, coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to get into this Atlanta Brave series and talk about Graham Ashcraft. Is he going to be able to pick up right where he left off in his last start? I think so. I know Jeff thinks so. We can't wait to talk about it. But before we get into all that, we got to finish breaking down uh, this weekend series in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And although uh, we weren't loving every moment of it, Jeff, uh, there were some times where it felt really, really good. And it felt like the Reds were going to win. And it felt like the Reds should have won. And then there were times where it felt really bad. And then they pulled a magic rabbit out of the hat and got out of there without being swept, which is really what you said you wanted from them all along when they headed into this series. Yeah, I mean, I know coming into the series, people were like, wow, the Phillies are down. They really started bad to the season. Maybe the Reds can continue to pile on. That team 
has so many all-stars on it. It has so many like all MLB talents on it. It's, it's not a team that's going to stay down for long. And we saw why, I mean, they came back furiously there on Saturday, the way that they played on Friday. I really felt like the reds did have a shot to win. I mean, they had the lead going into the seventh inning on Friday, but we're also talking about a couple of different things that happened that I think we could have called number one, the bullpens switched in the first couple of series of the year. The reds were amazing. Having allowed only one run after the fifth inning up until the Philly series. Meanwhile, the Phillies bullpen had allowed something like 20 runs in the first like five or six games there. They flip flopped and the Phillies bullpen became a shutdown bullpen. Like we expect them to be the reds bullpen kind of messed around a little bit, gave up the game and there you go. That's just what happens when you're talking about the talent level of the Reds that is exciting and up and coming versus an all-star caliber team like the Phillies. But overall, that win on Sunday, it's why I feel so good about this series because it's a huge win after losing the way that they did on Saturday. And it's something that after the win on Sunday, David Bell was talking about the importance of. Yeah, it's why you, you keep playing the game. It's, I think it's why we keep coming back for more for this game because it's uh, it's a great game. Um, you have to keep playing. You have to keep going. You have to keep competing. And that you know that's what they did last night. It's what we did today, and we we bounced back. And sometimes uh, sometimes they you know they they all count the same, but um, sometimes it's a little tougher um, on certain days. And for us to to bounce back there against a you know obviously a really good team really good bullpen and uh, just keep playing steady the whole game and and it paid off at the end couple yeah, of I, things on this jeff listen yeah. uh, I, I really like what david bell had to say there and it really hits on something you said uh, last week while i was doing airport purgatory i think but you talked about this reds team being built different and last year after suffering the loss that they suffered on saturday that reds team didn't come out and have a come from behind victory the next day they, they would have laid down and died in that series. This year, as you say, this team is built different. They came out and they never stopped fighting. They never stopped scratching and clawing their way back into this game. And, you know, when we talk about things and we say it a lot of times tongue in cheek about, oh, they're going to, you know, scrap to hit the over and maybe they can get to 70 or 75 wins. This is the type of team that can do that. This yeah. is the type of team that can continue to scratch and claw and be relevant and stumble their way into 70, 75 wins because they don't have any quit in them. And I am here for it. I was so pumped up after this come from behind victory. I was on, I was fired up. I know you were texting me that you were fired up. Uh, it, it was, it was a great win. It really was. And, and it's because of the lineup, because last year we saw the talent of Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft guys pitched well, right? But then they got no run support and they didn't win the game because the lineup just could not put anything together. And Sunday was a perfect example of the lineup being different for this Reds team. I mean, Jake Fraley in the situation that he was in hits that beautiful double bases clearing double to get the Reds the lead. He was at two strikes. He was at Oh two at one point in that count. 
in that in that at bat he he works at full he causes sir anthony dominguez to throw far too many pitches to him and then he laces a double down the right field line it was one of the most beautiful at bats probably the most important at bat so far this season and yes i know it's only game eight there's going to be far more as we move along but overall the way that he was able to work this and, and and Jake Fraley even talked about this in the post game, just the importance of this win for the Reds in an environment that let's face it, Philadelphia is a hostile environment. Yeah. It's a rough place for everybody yeah. <laughs> um, with the fan fan base that they have, the pitching staff that they have, the lineup that they have, they got a very good team over there. So um, this was a huge win for us. Um, we were in every single one of these games here, which is, which is big. Um, and, you know, obviously they didn't come through for the first two games, so this was a big momentum swinger for us, especially as a, as a team getting ready to go into Atlanta and face another very good ball club. Um, but it just shows that, you know, we can stick around with the best one. We have uh, we have a good bullpen, we have good staff, um, our lineup battles, we, you know, we have timely hitting. Um, when guys are in a scoring position, we get the job done. So when guys need to get over, we get them over. So it's to be able to have that with the lineup and the staff, it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where we're going to be at the end of the year. And, and Jake said all of the right things there. And, and, I'm, and I'm with him. I am so excited about the way things are playing out. But let's back up for just a second and talk about, you know, how clutch he was in that moment. You know, bases loaded. He delivers the bases clearing double. But let's talk about the bases being loaded for a minute because yeah. a lot of things went right in the top of the ninth inning. And a lot of players did a lot of good things to load up the bases in the first place. Yeah, and this is the reason we, we keep saying they're different. They're different. They're different. They're different because everybody is pitching in. It's not just one guy. Like, we, we love Jason Vossler. It's not just him. We love TJ Friedel. It's not just him, although TJ Friedel was a part of this. Like, TJ Friedel has a beautiful infield single that he puts in the perfect position to where there's no chance that the fielders have of getting anybody out. But before that happened, Stuart Fairchild works a beautiful walk to get on base in, in, in a bat that he saw so many pitches in. And you're able to get Jonathan India on base by a walk. And Sir Anthony Dominguez at that point is starting to feel the pressure. And we're talking about a dude that I, I don't necessarily know that we're going to say top five closer in the national league but he is a there's a reason that he is closing in a bullpen that includes craig kimbrell and former tigers closer gregory soto they think that he is very good and so the reds were able to work all of this against a team that has world series aspirations saying this is our closer see if he can beat him and the reds did you know, we talked about um, last week, Jeff, the importance of what TJ Friedel was doing as far as the bunts and showing bunt and continuing to lay him down and forcing defenses to adapt to him. And we saw the fruits of that in yesterday's game. He was able to slap that infield single because the third baseman was playing so far in to take away the opportunity to bunt that it was in the perfect location that nobody could field it. That's the kind of hustle and that's the kind of thing that Friedel brings to the plate right now, and I'm so excited for it. Uh, the other thing in this whole sequence that really just kind of sits with me is after the walk to load the bases, it really looked like Dominguez was kind of dialing it back in like it really he was going to fire in there and finish this thing off and Fraley remained patient he remained you know he didn't try to do anything extra he didn't try to go in there and kill the ball and hit a home run for you know the grand slam he just went in there and did what needed to be done and that's another example 
of how this team is different than what we've seen in years past. Yeah, not pressing, not trying to do too much. They just did what they needed to do to get that win on Sunday. You get out of Philadelphia with some good vibes and you head down to Atlanta because you're right. That loss that they took on Saturday, not only do they come out and they get swept by the Phillies last year, they probably come out and they get swept by the Braves too. And, and they stopped it. The next day, they stopped that streak dead in its tracks. And hopefully, maybe, who knows, start another streak as we head down to Atlanta. But you know what, Steve? When we're looking at this roster, keep talking about reinforcements are on the way. Help is on the way. Well, help is on the way because the Reds sent a few players out on a rehab assignment yesterday, and they have some more guys that are actually performing well on their rehab assignments that have already started. And coming up, we'll tell you why you should be excited about this and what roster moves the Reds may be making here soon. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about another one of today's sponsors, and that is So Rare. So Rare is an uh, amazing new fantasy system where you get to collect cards that you own. It puts you in control of your experience with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their experience collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and that's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance. Collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. So rare MLB games happen twice weekly and span a three- to four-day cycle. At the end of game weeks, so rare MLB managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of rewards, which can include so rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. Prizes may vary depending on competition. Head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's S-O-R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team for free of player cards. And then you set your lineup and you can start competing and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash locked on to start playing today. You can follow the podcast on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, including right here on YouTube. Also, make sure that you are following us on Twitter in between episodes. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. There's no Fs in that. All right, Steve, we have us uh, some help on the way. A couple of guys got sent out on rehab assignments, and a couple of guys are playing pretty well down in AAA, getting set to return to the major leagues. Let's talk about who we are looking forward to seeing here soon. Well, first of all, if you had told me at any point during the offseason or spring training that I would be excited about Luke Weaver coming back off the <laughs> injured list, I would have called you crazy, but here we are because Luke Weaver is down in Louisville on a rehab assignment and he pitched quite well making his uh, rehab debut as it were. Uh, pitched four innings of no hit baseball, allowed no runs, struck out four while only walking two. Uh, this is a tremendous deal for the Reds right now because let's face it, they need some help and probably Luke Weaver is going to come to Cincinnati and take a rotation spot uh, yeah. just as fast as he can get called up. 
Yeah, I think that he's probably going to take Connor Overton's spot. We, we've been saying it a couple of different times that Connor Overton may not be starting too much more. And I think the Reds are telegraphing that, to be honest with you. Like, they were going to give Luis Sessa a chance to pitch through the lineup the third time in his first start. They haven't yet done that for Connor Overton. I think they literally had him in there as a placeholder. Luke Weaver's about to take that spot. Overton will move to the bullpen and be the long man that this bullpen has desperately needed. And, and you know, we'll say it again, shout out to Fernando Cruz and Kevin Herget for the two innings that they put in each on Sunday's win. But to consistently ask those guys to throw two innings every time they go out there, you're going to just gas this bullpen very quickly. So you need a guy like Connor Overton who can pitch three to four innings if you bring him in out of the pen. And Luke Weaver is going to be a huge part of that Speaking of the pen, Lucas Sims in his first uh, outing on his rehab assignment pitched a scoreless inning of work, and that and 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 he joins Tony Santion, who's already working in AAA to get back to Cincinnati as quickly as possible. This is big news, uh, especially on the Lucas Sims front, because, you know, you and I both kind of scratched our heads a little bit, raised an eyebrow when the red said, listen, it's his back, but it's not the same back problem that sidelined him last year. And we were both like, really? Is that really? But looks like that was actually the truth. Lucas Sims is already back in pitching, pitched a scoreless inning. I think, uh, you know, considering the amount of time he missed between when he last pitched in Goodyear and now, I would expect that he could be back in Cincinnati before the end of April. Uh, I don't think that's an unrealistic timeline. And then you've got Tony Santion, who could also be back with the big club before May gets here. Those are two, uh, maybe not elite level relief arms, but they are above average. They are good. They are better than what we've got right now relief arms coming to Cincinnati that can help fill out this bullpen. You know, we talked all along in the offseason and through spring training, Jeff, that the team that ended up in Cincinnati for opening day was not going to be the team we saw in May. It was not going to be the team we saw in June and was not going to be the team that we saw by the end of the season. And these are parts of that. As these people uh, rehab and return from injury, uh, players are going to be swapped out. Changes are going to be made. And we we all know this bullpen needs help, and, and this is the help that's on the way. Tony Santion, Lucas Sims, and even Luke Weaver all make this Reds team better than it is right now. Yeah, the best version of the 2023 Reds includes those guys. It also includes Joey Votto, who gave us an amazing quote where he said, quote, days away from being Ready. And, and I mean, every highlight that I see of him in Louisville seems like he's just stinging the ball. I mean, obviously his first at bat, he hits a home run, but every time he's making contact, it's just jumping off the bat. And I know that he struck out a few times and things like that, but Joey Votto works rehab assignments and works spring training games far differently than he works an actual major league regular season game. So I don't think that that's an issue at all. I'm looking forward to seeing him come back. And then, of course, we also have Nick Senzel, who says he's the healthiest he's ever felt. And on Sunday, he went three for four. So, again, neither you or I are going to go crazy and say we have large expectations for Nick Senzel here. But could he be an important part of this roster? Yeah, sure. He could take Stuart Fairchild's spot. Yeah, yeah, listen, I'm going to continue to beat the drum that sounds like this, Jeff. Uh, I have zero expectations, and I'm counting on Nick Senzel for nothing. That's that's the bottom line of how I feel about Nick Senzel. That being said, he's going to find his way onto the major league roster at some point in time this year. 
if he comes up and gives us anything, that's all just bonus. That's icing on the cake. It's not something I'm expecting to have happen, but I'm going to welcome it when it does happen. Uh, as far as Joey Votto goes, his exit velocity has been high. He's been hitting a lot of extra base hits while he's down there on this rehab assignment. I think all of that says, as Joey says, He's about ready, and I'm looking forward to getting him into this lineup. Now, you and I have kicked around off air, and I think coming up uh, on another show this week, we're going to have to start uh, speculating and looking at this roster and really trying to figure out, well, if four guys, five guys that we've got listed yeah. just here right now are coming up, who are the five guys that they're going to replace? Yes, and there's quite a bit of discussion to be had about that because – more than one name on the list is not going to make me happy. And one of it's really not going to make me happy. Although it's probably warranted at this point, but that is for another episode because guess what? Help is on the way. And that is how we will wrap up today's edition of locked on reds. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening to some reds talk here on this day for you. You know what coming up tomorrow? Will Graham Ashcraft continue where he left off with his first start? It's going to be down in Atlanta, so he's got a he's got a challenge on his hands, but I think he can. I, I, I definitely think he can. We'll be talking about that coming up on tomorrow's episode. Now, uh, make sure you go check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You can win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the, fan, the best fantasy draft advice out there, whether you're talking about waiver wire additions, trades to be made, starts or sets or studs or duds, all of the great fantasy stuff can be found at Lockdown Fantasy Baseball, and it's just like Lockdown Reds. It's free and available on all podcasting platforms, including on YouTube, because we are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. All right, Steve helps on the way. The Reds got out of Philadelphia with a win. They're heading down to Atlanta, another situation where kind of just hoping for at least one win out of this uh, three-game set. So what's that mean for you and me? Uh, it means you and I are going to continue to be following uh, AAA Louisville very closely, watching for the return of the help, watching for the reinforcements. We're going to keep watching the transactions, the waivers, the rumors, and the news. And we're going to bring all that information back right here to keep everybody listening. Locked on Reds every single day. What other moves should I make with the pitching staff? Not Hunter. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.